New Women by Louise Page Episode 2 Helen Keller, 10th of January 1911, New York. I can touch type with great accuracy. Someone checks my work, usually whoever is my secretary at the time, or a friend, but they rarely report an error. I like the feel of the rhythm of typing, the satisfying feel of a button pressed, a letter springing up, the same letter being pressed onto the page, the resolute nature of the typewriter machine, the feeling of the precise movements, first at my fingers, then rising up my arms to my shoulders, my body absorbs it like the vibrations of music. And I can get completely absorbed, both in the sensory nature of it and the content that I am writing. I take on as many articles as I can get. I'm happiest expressing my politics in this way, forming an argument, making points, elaborating in a persuasive manner. Journalism is an art and a science. Meanwhile, activism is pure heart. I have it all when I write. Then some afternoons we go out, Anne narrates what she can see. On this particular day, like many others, I almost don't need her. The smell is strong enough to provide its own narration. I feel ashamed to be a visitor. We should all be forced to live like this, or none of us should. There is a baby. Anne describes to me the signs of ophthalmia, swollen eyelids, cream pus, Something some nitrate of silver solution could have prevented. If we lived in France or Germany, the solution would have been applied to the baby's eyes as a matter of course. But here in America, we are way behind. Those who can't afford a doctor or don't know the signs to look out for are damned. Because of an inadequate system, it is likely that this baby will grow up blind. Rosa May Billinghurst, 6th of March, 1912, London. Windows make a distinct sound as they smash. It's not like breaking a drinking glass. The noise has two parts, a crack and a tinkle. Maybe the word smash isn't right. It's more of a fracture, a break, a build-up, a payoff. A flying rock followed by first contact, crack, tinkle. It's freeing. Not just in a political sense, though we are doing this to free women from their current bondage, but in an intimately physical sense. My whole body buzzes. My entire body. Mabel Norman, 19th of April, 1914, California. I like to smoke. I like the way it makes you focus deeply on your breathing. I like the way you can make it accentuate the things that you are saying. I like the way that a woman who smokes is seen as a dirty woman. 
I've always seen woman as a rather limiting term. I like an adjective. The more unpleasant, the better. Nasty woman. Mean woman. Difficult woman. Strange woman. Sick woman. We all get sick. Why does it become an insult when you put it before woman? These are descriptions I can begin to identify with. Today I see myself smoking as I walk onto the Keystone lot, wearing last night's dress. It's one with a shimmer. I've taken my shoes off and hung them around my neck. My bare feet strike the ground. Then I take a drag of the cigarette, then pad two more steps forward and on and on and on. I stop outside the hastily constructed wardrobe office. Chaplin is having his face made up two seats down from me. We exchange a nod. Our backgrounds aren't all that different. Neither of us grew up expecting to be able to buy an apartment, let alone all this. I let them make me up, looking down at my hands as they do. So when Chaplin comes up behind me and taps me on the shoulder, it makes me jump. I'm sorry about all this, he says. Max says it's just a couple of films until all of this club women stuff is blown over. The Club Women of America. Gatherings of women who want to ban anything vaguely enjoyable. They've been pushing prohibition for years. Their latest target? Films that feature improper influences for women. Basically, any film where the female lead isn't quietly searching for a husband. What do you mean? I ask. Ah, says Chaplin. Mac hasn't told you yet. Told me what? They're going to have you take a back seat in the next couple of films. I'm supposed to do all the falls. He obviously sees the rage in my eyes as he backs up a couple of steps. I'm sorry, Mabel, he says. No problem, I say through gritted teeth. Where's Mac? On set, he says. I get up. The makeup people don't stop me. I pad onto the set, my feet still bare. What the hell, Mac? I can't do anything about it, Mabel. We don't pretend to do what they want. They'll press for state censorship. It's only for a little while, he says. Bullshit. I return. He looks around at the crew. They're staring at us. Let's uh, do this somewhere more private, he says. If we give in to them, they'll think they've won, and then they'll never let us back. Mabel, this is a business. I don't have a choice. I walk straight off the lot. Most rabbit holes are man-made, dug by human hands. I am at the bottom of one right now. Slid down a silver rod, as thin as a needle. I can't hear you over the ringing in my ears. I can't hear anything. I can't hear myself think. That's the beauty of it, the glory of it, the all-consuming passion of it. Rock bottom is the best place to be. I'm not going to be up to saying much to you for a few hours. Mabel Normand and Helen Keller, Laurel Lefko. Rosa Mae Billinghurst, Janine Robbins. Written by Louise Page. Produced by Clear Voice Enterprises on behalf of Disability Arts Online. Funded by Disability Arts Online as part of their COVID Commissions series. Further information about Disability Arts Online and the work they do can be found at 
www.disabilityarts.online.